Bless you. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, Psalm 62. <clears throat> Psalm 62. And I'm not going to tell you the theme for the new year, but uh, we'll have the, uh, new, uh, the new themes up uh, next week or when they come in. Uh, we're, of course, you know uh, the way shipping is, but we're hopeful they're in. Uh, but I want you to notice that this morning, I want you to see kind of uh, the, 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 the gist of this message and of this passage, this psalm. Notice, if you would, uh, I'm just going to take just a minute and read some of it. Notice uh, verse 1, Psalm 62, 1. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. David speaking about his enemies that seem to be tracking him. Uh, As a bowing wall shall you be. A bowing wall is one that's uh, not stable. It falls over easily. And as a tottering fence, uh, you'll notice they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth. They curse inwardly. They're hypocritical. Notice verse 5. Selah. Verse 5. My soul wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. And I want you to take note of that. My expectation is from him. We'll look at that in a minute. Notice verse 6. Repeat from verse number 1 and 2. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. That's verse 2 repeated. And God is my salvation, my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Do you sense this closeness to the Lord? Do you sense this, uh, this uh, security in God? And I really want all of us to enjoy that this coming year. Notice, if you would, verse 8. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, and here's the theme of this passage, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Um, So you'll notice here, uh, David is really speaking to us about our heart's closeness to the Lord. Now, all of us in this room, um, we are close to family. Well, Our greatest family member is the God of heaven, our heavenly father. And so David is really sort of giving us an insight here. And I want you to notice um, he had many passionate feelings toward the Lord. And and folks, tonight, uh, today, I hope you have some passionate feelings toward the Lord. It's easy to get stagnant and stale. It's easy to... uh, uh, to just sort of go through the Christian life. Um, it, it's easy to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and not be as faithful as we ought to be, not be as warm as we ought to be. Um, uh, you know, uh, the other day, uh, uh, I, well, let me go back. I remember when Janet and I got married, um, uh, I took uh, one morning I got up and, and I thought it'd be a cool idea. I just got a soap bar and wrote, I loved you on the window, on the mirror. And uh, I, I wrote it on the mirror. And uh, uh, the thing that brought it to my mind is she did the same thing. 
um, about a month ago, two or three weeks ago. And, and so uh, she wrote a big heart on the window and, and whatnot. And so uh, when she left, I got the soap and did the same thing, and I put some other things on it. And, uh, you know, uh, it's important that you and I um, are warm to the Lord. And little things like, Lord, I'm going to take some time this morning to just tell you how wonderful you are. Lord, I want you to know I fully trust you. I think we get so busy, we don't back up to where, notice his word, pour out your heart. Notice, before him. So, We'll take just a minute this morning. David had these passionate feelings. He had a passionate feeling about being safe when he's with the Lord. Notice what he says. He says in verse 2, he only is my rock. It's, I don't have a rock anyplace else. Now, now I'm going to go back to the little story about the, the uh, soap on the mirror. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll get into a, a normal routine. Uh, I don't know what your routine is, but you get up in the morning, uh, maybe you go get your shower, and then you come in, and you, you start fixing your hair, and you start putting your makeup on. If you're a lady, start doing things well. Well, I, 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 that, that morning, uh, when I'd, I'd done that, we were on, on a honeymoon out in, uh, uh, in Dominican, and, and uh, I, I waited for her to come out. I, I, I was waiting for her to say something. And she came out and said, are you ready to go to breakfast? She said, sure, let's go. And I said, uh, walked outside the door. I said, did you, did you notice anything in the bathroom? She said, no. Why? <laughs> well, I did notice as I sort of walked by, she was kind of doing this, trying to, uh, trying to get her hair fixed in the space inside the heart that I'd put on the mirror. She didn't even notice that I'd said, I love you, and put a big heart on the mirror. She didn't even notice. She's trying to get dressed inside that thing. It's like... And, and so when she came outside, I said, hey, did, did, you, did you notice anything? She said, uh, no. I went back and she just went, oh, that's so sweet. I'm so sorry. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? The other day, she writes it to me a year later. And, uh, and you know, I started the same thing. I started, I said, wait a minute. What did she write that? Wow, that's sweet. Because I didn't want to be like her and totally get dressed and miss it, Okay. So when I saw it, I said, well, I started the same thing. And I think we get up in the morning and we forget all about the Lord. Oh, yeah, we take our time, but it's not warm. It's not sweet. And David said, pour your heart out. You can't do that unless you have passionate feelings toward the Lord. And I believe that is the missing ingredient in most Christians. What is the number one command in Scripture? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. The greatest passionate feeling there is. I'll give you a little hint. That's sort of, there's some ideas around that for our new theme for this coming year. I just don't want us to be mediocre Christians. I think the world is full of those. I want you be passionate toward the Lord. I want you to learn to pour your heart out 
toward the Lord. Now, now look, I know that people sit in service here, and whenever an invitation is given, uh, you know, it, it, it feels a little strange to come down to the altar to talk to the Lord, but there's something special about this place. The Lord, I believe, meets us here. Oh, he can, you're right. He can meet you in your bedroom, sitting in your chair as you're reading in devotions, and that's where you learn to pour your heart out. But there's still something precious about the house of God and at the altar where uh, we are to meet with him from time to time. And I just don't want our church to be stale. I don't want us to be Christians that get dressed and don't even see all the signs that the Lord says to us, I love you, Dave Pittman. Because we can all get that way. We can have our devotions, and, uh, but they become sort of rote. And, 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 you know, that's something that I've asked the Lord, Lord, help me not to treat Janet with rote love. Help me to do things. Uh, Lord, help us to do things for each other. Lord, most of all, help us to do things to help you know we love you first. That's our goal. That's our family goal is to love the Lord more than we love each other. And so rather than, well, well, Janet, I, I, I need to love the Lord more, so I'm going to love you less. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And so I, I'm going to love you more, so Lord, help me to love you more than that. And that's the goal for every Christian in this room. Pour your heart out. Now, if love is the motivation, you'll notice here in this passage, he says, trust in him at all times. There is a passion of confidence in the Lord. Do you have that? In other words, how many of you have ever been ill that you thought it might be time to go to heaven? Anybody ever been ill? You just thought about it. Let me see your hand. Let me see it up here. Okay, I see some people like that. Maybe you had a, a, a stroke or maybe, uh, maybe you were so ill uh, many times people think they're not as bad as they are and they're always going to get better and really they're at the end. And so many times then we begin to worry and fret and we're very ill. And I think it happens the older we get, you know. Uh, but, but I can remember whenever the drunk driver hit me in my neck surgery and, and I, I had this fear in my heart, I may never be able to speak again. Oh, I do. And for 17 days, the pain was so great in my neck and my arm that I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't think. I couldn't keep thoughts together. I was in too much pain. And the only help was a strong narcotic drug. And he said, take one every six hours. And I would take it. And I, for the first time in my life, realized what drug addicts, what causes them to be drug addicts. I took the pill, and within two minutes, minute and a half, two minutes, I began to feel a warming sensation. It just sort of started going through my body, and the pain just went away. It was like I was just in agony, and then all of a sudden I felt the warming, and the pain just went away. And I just totally relaxed. It was like it was the coolest feeling. But... Four and a half hours later, the pain would come back. 
And then uh, the doctor said, look, just keep taking your pills. I said, well, but look, I have to have two pills now every six hours. He said, just keep taking them. When I do the surgery, you'll be okay. I, I remember the fear in my heart. Lord, how will I be able to take care of my family? Lord, I, how will I be able to work? I can't. Lord, I can't even think. And fear swept over my heart. The Lord wants all of us in this room, when you face a day like that, you lose someone. You lose a mate. You lose a child. You lose a grandchild. You lose a brother. You learn to say, I'm going to trust in him at all times. He is my rock. And change it from he is my rock to you are my rock. You see, the difference is in the person that you use. If you use third person, he this and he that, change that this year to say, Lord, you are everything to me. Lord, you see, to me, the he is, you can sit out here, the you is, Lord, you are everything to me, Lord. There's got to be a place where you go to change it from he to you. That's what he's talking about in this passage. Notice, if you would, um, he, he says, in God is my salvation. Now, he's writing this, obviously, to us. But you and I, in order to have a passionate set of feelings toward the Lord or toward anybody, you've got to change it from he or she to you. You've got to drop close to that person. Notice with me, if you would, uh, in verse 1, Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. He, he could have said, my soul waiteth upon God. But what's he trying to say when he says, truly, my soul waits on God? What's he trying to say? Somebody tell me. What's the difference between my soul waiteth upon God and truly, my soul waiteth upon God? Somebody tell me, what's the difference to you? Pardon me? Floyd? It's an expression of love. It's an expression of passion. And look, folks. I want our marriages to be passionate. I want our, our family get-togethers to be passionate. I want our church to be passionate, passionate about sinners, passionate about Christians that are hurting, passionate about people, passionate about you. Now, I can only control one person, but I'm telling you, this thought will change your life. If you can get by without he and change it, Lord, you, it changes everything. Yeah, my wife this, my wife that, you, that changes everything. And too many times we get to that third person and, and it's not bad <clears throat> you're talking to someone, <clears throat> my wife or my husband or, or my friend or my, or my Lord. Uh, that's the way you're talking about people. But you've got to have um, more times than that where you say, you, Lord, you and I, and Lord, what can I do for you? And, and so notice then what happens. He says uh, in verse 7, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. And my refuge is in God. You can sense uh, 
a, a, a side of David that is passionate about his Lord. And as you read this psalm, you don't, you don't get it. I mean, it's not like it's as obvious because he's using third person. He's using he and, 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 and now I. But then you'll notice when he gets this in verse number 8, he says, pour out your heart before him. It sort of changes to where he's trying to get you to connect with God with your heart, not with your head. That's the difference. That's the difference between good marriages and mediocre marriages. That's the difference between friends, good friends, and just friends. That's the difference between a loving church and a church. It's passion. And that's what I want everybody in this room to work on this year. I want you to work on your heart. Pour out your heart before him. I want you to forget about what anybody else thinks. Forget about your pride. Uh, throw to the dumpster out in the front, uh, out, uh, the dumpster on the side, in the trash can in the front, and just say, "Lord, it's just me. I'm a sinner that you saved by your grace, but you are everything to me." Now, that's harder for people that are cerebral. It's harder for people that are. Well educated, that's harder for people that that are are logical. That's harder for people that that try to think through everything first. Uh, you know, maybe the Lord touches your heart. You're in a message and it warms your heart, and you you start you want to come down and talk with the Lord about it for a minute. But then you pause and say, oh, yeah, "People here, I'll just do it at home." The passion gets sort of put out. I want this year all of us in this room, to learn to consistently pour out your heart before him. I want you to do it for me as your pastor. One of the sad days of my life was when my mother died. Because tell you what, I knew one thing. My mother was in my corner on her knees. She talked to the Lord all the time about David Pittman. Mom, would you pray for someone? I, I, I prayed for you this morning, but I'll pray about it now. That was my mom. She was a source of great encouragement to me. Now, I can be frank with you. When she died, it was sort of like, I'm on my own now. Lord, it's just you and I. But I want you to understand this morning, the Lord wants us to pray for others. He wants us to be passionate about them. How many of you really prayed for Nick Adams? Raise your hand. Do you see what God did? Stage four cancer it metastasized to all of his various organs. He had about that much chance. And then for him to call me and say, Pastor, I mean, he, he, he's different. Pastor, if you could see the chart, it's black. It, before it lit up like a Christmas tree. 
cancer, 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 cancer. It's black, Pastor. How many of you think Nick is warm and passionate or he's pretty stoic? What's Nick? Nancy? He's stoic. You wouldn't know if he's, uh, if he's got a, a cuckoo burn in his shoe or not. He's going to walk around. He, you're not going to know anything. Whereas if it's me, man, my leg is hurting. I'm going to let, you know, you let people know. Uh, but Nick, you know, he's just going to, not a word. But I'll tell you what, he had a whole lot more passion when he talks now. You see, I think the Lord wants all of us in this room to have many victories this year. I think he wants to see many people saved this year. I think he wants to see relationships fixed. Your neighbor and you, somebody at work. I, I, I think, uh, now don't raise your hand, but how many of you, when I say a, a relationship fixed or a, a name comes to your mind, that's what I'm talking about. That somehow it could be right. Again, I'm not saying that you have passion toward your coworkers and you love them, even like you do your church family, and especially not like you do for your, your personal family. But without passion, without love, I'm telling you, without pouring out your heart, if you take your heart out, you can go through life very cerebral and do a lot of right things. But I don't think the Lord made us to do a lot of right things. I think he made us to walk together in the cool of the evening. I think he made us to walk with him and our heart with him. And you've done this, Lord, and you've done that, Lord, and you are everything to me. I think that's why the Lord made us. And I think the old devil has got us as Christians sort of... uh, well-trained that we would, uh, he's been good to me this year. Yes, he's done this, he's done that. Um, But it's not hearts on the mirror. It's not. And folks, we have to be careful. Stale happens everywhere. Stale can happen everywhere. And the thing that prevents it is pour out your heart. Now, notice this. Verse 8. Trust in him at all times. I want you to develop a trust in the Lord. Uh, uh, I want you, when you have a need, that you say, I know my church family would help. Uh, Nick felt that. Uh, He felt the church family was willing to help him. Um, uh, And and there there was a lot of help for Nick. Uh, But I want you to trust in the Lord in you at all times. Lord, my trust is in you. I'd like for everybody in this room to be able to say that. Um, if, if you're, uh, uh, how many of you have sort of, uh, maybe you're getting a little older and you've thought about one of these days I'm going to heaven. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> raise your hand up. Let me see. One of these days. <clears throat> you can be young and do that. You don't have to be old to do that. But don't lose your heart. Don't lose your passion. Don't care what people think. This morning, <clears throat> I walked into the youth room and I saw 
Andrew and Ellie. And I walked up. I said, hey, guys. How are you all doing? Good to have you. Ah, oh, it's good to be back, Pastor. Huh? And good to be home, Andrew said. And, and they were holding hands. <clears throat> How many of you can tell a young couple that just got married? Okay, well, give me some depth. Give me some example. Give me some things you see. Come on, tell me. Somebody tell me. What's that? Yes, yeah, sort of goo-goo eyes. You know, I mean, uh, somebody, something else. Something else about a young couple that just got married. Yes, ma'am? Yeah, they, they kind of like glue. They're glued together, sort of stuck together. Something else, <clears throat> something else that you see. <clears throat> he put his arm around her. He's close. He sits up close to her. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're buddies. Um, look, be that way with the Lord. You can't do it without pouring your heart out. That's my goal for this year, that everybody in this room would love the Lord first, most, with all your heart. Because if you do that, it's going to fix a lot of other things. But without that, you're going to be a normal, stale Christian that does a lot of things right and that has a good testimony. But I think the Lord wants to walk with us in the cool of the evening. Dave Pittman, um, I was thinking about you today, about this and that. Lord, I was thinking about you <clears throat> and about what you want me to do tomorrow. And, and I think the Lord wants that from us. Pour your heart out before him. Trust in him at all times. And don't you care what anybody else thinks. Oh, ooey gooey. I never want to lose ooey-gooey between me and the Lord. But it's easily done. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Psalm 62 as a reminder of the passionate feelings that David had toward you. Lord, give us those feelings toward you and toward one another and, Lord, toward sinners. Lord, I pray that you would be first in our lives and that this coming year will be our greatest year. In your name I pray, amen.